Today's episode of the podcast is sponsored by Dr. Carlo Bayraktarian. Hello and welcome to the podcast. This is Dernarek, pastor of St. Sarkis Church in Douglas, New York, along with our co-host, Mr. Ben Kuzdikian. Let us start our show and our day with a prayer from the Book of Hours of the Armenian Apostolic Church. Hishedir Yevvogormeh. Parerar yev pazumogorm astvats. Ku an morats kidutyampet yev ampav martasirutyampet hishe polor kezi havadat sognere yev ogorme polorin. Okne yev perge amen desagi bedankneren uportsutunneren. Arjaniere kohutyamp paravorelu kez. Hayr yev vorti yev surpoki. Ayjim yev mischt yev havidianas havidenits. Amen. Remember, Lord, and have mercy. O beneficent God, abounding in steadfast love, in your unforgetting knowledge and boundless love for mankind, remember all those who believe in you and have mercy upon all. Help us and deliver us from every danger and temptation. Make us worthy to thankfully glorify the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, now and always and forever and ever. I see you wearing the Sam Garden t-shirt today, and we are playing in the show one of Chris Cornell's original songs. Yep. You're a fan. Yep. Very big. Big fan. Big loss. It's a big loss. For but, me. For me, and I think for, for those of us who have uh, respect and admira- admiration for quality rock and roll musicians, performers, people who enhance our lives 
in ways with their their artistic abilities and uh he was very influential for me so it, yes it's uh it's it's a somber moment for me it's been for the last few days when we got the news actually we were at the nra and it was just shocking it was it it was hard for me to digest it and then when i when i got to get away from the nra crowd i decompressed a little bit started listening to his music and listening to my favorite band of all time soundgarden and uh you know feeling the loss and i wanted to, you know the reason i i actually wanted to bring this topic up that night and i wore the shirt for a reason because um it's perplexing to me and i think it's perplexing for all of us it's not just the loss of an entertainer and i know in the past we've talked about those who we've respected and admired in the mu in the musical world having been lost um but in this case he did it to himself and i wanted to talk more in the context of mental health the use of anti-anxiety med medications contribute contributing factors to people's decisions to that may lead them to to, uh, to so suicide and uh you know, to try to develop that with you as a mental mental health professional, to get your perspective on depression and, you know, f fully sort of trying to grasp why somebody who had seemingly so much, who was on top of the music scene, who was incredibly successful uh, beyond imagination, uh, and also had a beautiful wife and a loving family around him, three young children, children uh, who adored him. And to have him take his life in the way that he did, it's just, it's a lot for me to take in. I want to discuss that in, in, in sure. like I said, in a broader topic of mental health. Yeah. And uh, Chris Cornell is, he is not, I mean, we have loved and respected him in his bands of um, Soundgarden and then Audio Slave. Audio Slave. Yeah. But the Ar Armenian community came to That's know right. him That's and right. love him right. in his last song, uh, The Promise theme and uh it was I, I was shocked i was shocked to hear the news and i was getting ready to go to the airport when i checked the news feed on my iphone and it was there and it was i was really shocked and it, it affected me and um on the airplane i had wi-fi the perks mm -hmm. of having t-mobile <laughs> <laughs> i started listening to some of my favorite songs and uh, i posted something on facebook and you know while I was checking the news uh, during the flight, the reason was not told. We we thought that this was you know, um, it was a natural death. Although you know, for a young person who just performed a concert, that seemed to be a little bit odd. But eventually, when we learned that it was suicide, it was really heartbreaking. You know, um, Kurt Cobain comes to your mind. Yes, of course. It's a, it, it's it's unbelievable actually when you think about it. It's all these. For, the, for those in our audience, they're part of Soundgarden was part of the, the grunge, grunge movement of the 1990s. And perhaps that's getting a little too granular here and getting into the weeds. But there were other bands and many bands who followed the same path where the lead singers or members, prominent members of the band passed away or took their own lives or died from drug overdoses. So it's just, it really... Uh, it's a burden for me because it, it just represents everything that that I loved about rock and roll in my youth. And sure. so it feels like a part of me is is missing today. You're absolutely right. And I totally can understand. And uh, it's, it's very funny because, 
I attended a Metallica concert, and you know, uh, they are my big. Uh, I mean, I'm a I'm really a big fan of Metallica, and I looked at the opportunity. I said, maybe I don't even know when is the next time they're gonna be performing. Right. And I, I enjoyed every moment, and then. It was the following day that uh, Chris passed, and you know it gave a total different perspective on the appreciation of music. But going back to the original idea of why this might have happened, we hear that um, Vicky, Chris's wife, spoke about him taking meds uh, of anxiety. Mm-hmm. And we know that um, some of the side effects of those medications, whether it's um, depression medication or anxiety medication, uh, suicidal ideation is part of the side effects, mm-hmm. and we hear it on on the during the commercials, you know, uh, and we think, oh, who would take such medications if they know that they're going to commit suicide? But there are so many medications out there that will give you thoughts of uh, self harm, mm-hmm. and if you, that's why um, there's a hotline and. Uh, suicide is such a bad thing and uh, you know it's not only you are punishing um, yourself but you're punishing your loved ones in in a way that is beyond understanding but i do not know every detail of his life but if he was on medication because of depression and or anxiety um, this is something that is very very common we see it Mm -hmm. a lot um, in our culture Suicide, I mean, depression and anxiety uh, is something that most of us deal with. And the easiest thing to do is to be on meds. You take medication yeah, and, you think that, and you think that everything is going to be okay. But in reality, um, we need to take a hard look inside and see where is that coming from. Because medication is going only to treat your symptoms. It's not going to cure you. Mm-hmm. And when we take a look inside to see what is the cause of the anxiety, what is the cause of depression, and we be in therapy to help ourselves, that is the right steps towards towards healing. And I I encourage everyone in 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 my uh, role here as a pastor and in my personal relationships, I encourage people to give a try and go and see a therapist. I've personally have experienced and have benefited a lot from being in therapy, and it's something that can change your life. Your mental health is the most important thing. Sometimes we think that it's just you know the way who you are. You're just a little uh, gloomy or just a little angry, but those have reasons. The, 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 your past has made you the person who you are, and it's worth taking a look inside and see who you are and why you act and behave the way that you do. And a professional... Uh, the prof- professional counselor will help you have a better understanding and finding path towards healing. Uh, in the case of K- Chris Cornell, uh, I've heard the term tipping point applied in this case. Uh, you, can you see that? Could a drug really put somebody over the top to that extent? Because seemingly everything else, I have some mutual friends in common with Chris Cornell, and they said, he was, despite his past struggles with depression, he had found a real comfort zone in the last 15 years of his life with his beautiful wife and his children and family around him. And if you look at the communication from the recent past, talking about how he was incredibly enthusiastic and inspired by his work for The Promise and was excited about the song and really acknowledged that it was a potential award winner coming forward. So 
looking at it professionally, he thought he, he was getting a lot of traction, plus he's back on the road with his old band, and then to have those, the loving family around him. So my, my, my final question, could there be a tipping point where somebody who has a history of depression and chemical imbalances in the brain be set off and put over the edge just by taking one or two extra Ativan or, or benzodiazepine, as they call them? Does that make any sense at all? I think it does make sense because uh, those drugs, as, they, uh, as little as they look, the pill, they are very, very powerful, and we don't know how much pills he has taken. That's why medical supervision is very important when people are taking um, any any uh, medication, and speaking to a therapist is the most important thing. Then, Nadeg, I appreciate and value your perspective on this, and I'm sure your, our audience does as well as a as a you know as a healthcare professional um, who who deals with these types of issues on a regular basis. I think we need to take a hard look at the direction. And this is the first time that I've had a, a real reason to start to look at it. But Big Pharma has to be evaluated in this. And there, there is a role and there's a responsibility that they bear. And, you know, we need to have an honest dialogue in this country about the direction where we're going with the use of these drugs. But on a more positive note, I do want to say that I, I think when I recall my memories of listening to Chris Cornell's music, the most profound memory was on my wedding day. And when he, my wedding song with Arpy was uh, Sun Shower, um, which is a Chris Cornell original, and we're listening to it right now. So thanks for indulging me with this discussion today, gentlemen, and uh, I hope our audience got something out of it. Absolutely.
Fanatic, we have the pleasure and the honor today of being joined by some of the folks from our community, active members of our community, members current and past of the Board of Trustees of St. Sartre's Church, uh, Harry Solomezian and Naida Voskerichian, who joined us, you and I, and Greg as well. We were in, uh, in Chicago, Illinois the past week for the NRA, for the National Representatives Assembly. Nothing and to do with rifles, the representatives assembly. I know. Surpazan always make, brings up that joke. And uh, it's funny after the 12th time. <laughs> after the 12th <laughs> Thank you, man. Me, <laughs> Thanks for validating I'll give you my a hard joke. time about it. It's fine. So uh, we're going to talk generally today about our impressions of the NRA, having been there, spent a few days um, in Chicago, and enjoyed the hospitality of the church and the community there in, 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 uh, in all saints church all saints church of illinois in glenview 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 illinois so welcome harry and welcome naida naida is thank joining you. us on the phone Thanks thank you for, for joining us. us thank you appreciate it so well, i guess we're going to start with you because this was your first nra and you were participating as an executive council member that's right so tell us about your impressions uh, I enjoyed it. It was uh, it was insightful for me. It was an opportunity for me to gain a global perspective on the church. Uh, obviously, within our business here, when we conduct our meetings and um, you know the, the local business that we engage uh, at the prelacy in the building, um, we have various discussions about whatever the topics are of the day, but. In this forum, with everybody coming from all the churches throughout the, the East Coast of the United States and from the Midwest, it was a unique opportunity for me to see the inner workings of the church, the dialogue, the engagement. I mean, there was a lot to take away from it. And obviously, the, like I said before, the hospitality was terrific, and they, they took good care of us, especially the Ladies Guild with the, the delicious meals that they prepared. I have to mention that. I have to throw of that course. in. Um, but, uh, you know, I'd be very interested in hearing Harry's and NIDA's perspective because they've been NRA delegates in the past. I want to know how this compares to their, uh, their prior experiences at, at previous NRAs. So, Harry, you want to kick it off? Yeah, I've been an NRA delegate for uh, three years now, and uh, this was my uh, third meeting. And um, one of the things I always find very interesting about uh, this meeting is the interaction between uh, the NRA delegates and the uh, members from different parishes and understanding their perspective on uh, what a parish is about and the uh, activities that they uh, conduct, uh, uh, whatever uh, men's clubs or ladies' guild activities or uh, groups that they have. So it's always an interaction and discussion, and um, that gives us a perspective of what we can do uh, better or what we are doing very well and uh, especially this year with the whole theme of uh, renewal from Vehapar's message I think it was a very clear direction that we were uh, given and uh, some of the discussions centered around that renewal topic and it was interesting to see how everybody approached the topic and the different panels that we had and uh, reviewed all different uh, topics of renewal uh, from a church's perspective. Naida, what did you think? I don't know if you, you got that from Harry over the phone, but what, 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 were, your, what were your impressions? Uh, yes, yeah, this being my fourth year, uh, it was 
similar to the past years, and as an active member of a vibrant parish, I, I was pleased to have attended the um, National Representative Assembly. I also came back renewed and uh, recharged, ready to embark on uh, new projects to benefit our parish and uh, the community. Uh, they were quite hospitable. It went smoothly, I believe, and uh, the uh, represent the um, the second day when we had the uh, representative from the Orthodox Church of America, Mr. Joe Cormos, and our very own Dernarek, uh their presentation was quite enlightening and uh, very enriching. Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad you mentioned that, Naida, because. I thought that, to me, the substantive dialogue that took place on the second day was most enlightening because we were talking about issues of substance to the church. Yes, I, it was very substantive, especially the Hernare. Yes. Uh, the first day we covered administrative matters relating to the church. It was typical, uh, the business of, of running the churches. But the second day we got into a lot more substantive dialogue about renewal and the steps that we would need to take and to create a vibrant parish with both recommendations from the outside, from the Orthodox Church of America, from Mr. Kormos, and of course from our very own Dernadeg, offering the, the Armenian apostolic perspective. And uh, I think it was helpful. And then from there, we, we went into breakouts. And what were, you, what were your all's thoughts on the breakouts? What did you think? How did those go? Well, I, I think uh, one of the things that Dernadeg had mentioned in his um, presentation was uh, working in a small group environment. So that kind of... Uh, helps us define our goals when we break out into these smaller groups, maybe about 10 people per group. And uh, it allows everybody to give their own perspective on uh, the topic at hand, which was renewal for the panel that I was I, uh, that I participated in. And um, we were able to consolidate all the information from all these individuals into uh, one document. Uh, then we went back into the General Assembly and presented to the entire assembly, and then um, that kind of, again, allows the multiple groups to present their point of view on the topic at hand and present everything back to the assembly, and then ultimately to get to a common uh, consolidated message that the NRA is delivering to the prelacy going forward. I like I liked very much um, Mr. Cormos's presentation, and he comes from a background where this is his living, basically. He, he goes and he gives speeches and he runs seminars on renewal and he likes to call it newel because he likes to introduce uh, new ideas and uh, to make churches towards taking the right steps into becoming vibrant parishes. And one thing that I liked very much from, uh, from what he said that, you know, it's it takes a family to be part of the church or to raise a, ch a child in the church to be at church 48 Sundays out of the 52. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, so that right. was, to me, very interesting. You know, he had the numbers to be at church 48 Sundays to, so that the, the, uh, a family or children will feel the effect of what is the church all about. And, you know, that's when it comes from someone who has the experience, first of all, and someone who is not clergy, it tells us that um, if we come to church once or twice a year, the church will be just a tradition for us. It will not be a living reality. And with my presentation, I was trying to um, introduce new ideas to change some of the perspectives that we have 
towards the church because uh, the general assumption is that we think of churches as places where we go when there are religious holidays. We go to church when we need something from the church to receive a sacrament, baptism, wedding, uh, or a funeral. But the church is the place where renewal can happen and the church can affect affect our lives in such a positive way that um, the church will become the center of our existence. So uh, I'm happy that the panels, there were three different panels who worked on this topic. They presented so many different uh, recommendations to the executive council. And I'm hoping that the executive council will take a hard look to the um, recommendations and do whatever is necessary to prepare a plan and take actions so that the ideas will become into um, something that we can implement in the life of our parishes. Denhide, one thing that I was very proud of, and uh, I know Naida shared the same perspective, um, it, when we went around the room and we were talking about the various challenges at each of the churches, uh, a lot of people ha expressed their concerns about what limitations each of their parishes face. And when we got to St. Sarkis, we were very happy to say that we don't feel there are very significant limitations because by any measure, this is a vibrant parish. Of course, we always want to improve, but we were proud to feel that our church, the church that we spend every Sunday and you know several days during the week at various activities, continues to thrive. And uh, we, we we're proud to be a part and to continue to be a part of this church. Yeah, I think that's a key matter because then you understand where St. Sarkis and, uh, stands and what we do and all the effort that we put into all the uh, activities, all the uh, organizations that we have. And that creates perspective. And, you know, all this work is for a reason. And we work hard to make it what it is. And uh, and also, I believe that there, there's got to be some new ideas incorporated into our practices and uh, start approaching our parish life from a 21st century perspective because mm -hmm. what one of the things that i shared is that um, we're still in the mindset of the past century we are in the survival mode but we can change that and become into uh, an active mode and a thriving mode and that's what we need to do so that our church will be relevant in the life of uh, the new generations and That's right, Vapar. He had a, a video message to us, and that those are the exact words that he used. It cannot be business as usual, and it's always encouraging to see that our hierarchy, Aram Vapar, and then Oshagan Serpazan, they give us our uh, their their message and their blessing, and and then it's up to us where we're going to go with that, and that is something that is expressed in the assembly and in the panels, and I think we did a pretty a pretty good job. What would you give in terms of uh, your all's perspective? How, how would you rate, what would be the report card for how the prelacy delivered on the expectations from last year? And I'm asking you this as a member of the executive council. Harry is now a new member of the executive council. Um, so I'd be curious to know, like b based on what happened last year and the mandate or the, the instruction that was set aside for the prelacy, uh, how did we do? And I know Jack, our, our chairman, gave the report, but what, 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 what's your opinion on how it went? 
I think uh, we did pretty good compared to past years. And I have um, two things that I can mention that uh, give you an idea why I'm saying we did good. One of them is the fact that NRA last year um, told us to start a department, a youth ministry department. And we formed a committee, and then that committee did the work, and then we eventually ended up hiring Anio Vanessian, who will be on the podcast in the uh, in the near future. And we have a department now, and our hope and our expectation is that by the end of summer, there will be a program ready to be implemented by our various parishes. So this was very good, because in the past, I know, I've seen when the NRA has resolutions, the resolutions are kind of... Um, voted on, and then the council, for whatever reason, has difficulties implementing. So this year, there was one, I mean, last year, there was one solid recommendation, and that was implemented. The other example is that last year's NRA spoke about the importance of being uh, present on the social media, and that was something that was implemented really, really well. Um, The prelacy hired our producer, Mr. Greg Dostor, and Greg did a, a great job preparing videos, redesigning the website, and all the material that we constantly see on Facebook and all the other social media outlets. I think this uh, was something that was not done properly in the past, and definitely we are on the right path. So these are two things that I was... I Those felt are very, good, definitely good observations. Uh, and Greg, Vatskut Kadar, really outstanding work on the... Uh, the communications program and there was a lot of accolades directed in greg's way in greg's direction during the uh during the forum so that was nice another reason to be proud of uh, our, our friend and and producer here on the podcast he did a great job and uh i think uh his talents uh will continue to be used as uh, one of the uh, or the main resolution that came uh from this nra is regarding or giving the executive uh, board the ability to look at uh, our communication rega- regarding parishes, regarding spirituality, regarding all the different programs that each church has, and how do we take the, all that success from each church communicated in the forum that um, someone from each parish can understand, take upon themselves to uh, work with the um, local community and enhance and develop into their uh, into their programs. So I think Greg will be a, a tremendous asset to us going forward and disseminating, uh, collecting and disseminating this information in some kind of electronic form, maybe social media, maybe some other aspects. But I think we kind of give gave the, the executive board um, the direction they need to look at the options and come up with um, come up with uh, directives and a, and some kind of resolution um, in a time period, not next year, but in a short time period. I think will be the way we want to uh, receive the feedback from the executive council. Yeah, Harry, you run the executive council. You were just elected a few days ago. How does it feel? <laughs> He yeah. doesn't know. I, I, That's a really, loaded question. It's a loaded question, right? I, I don't know at this point, but I've been, uh, you know, I've been a, in the past member of, uh, you know, uh, the uh, Saint Sarkis Church Board of Trustees for six years. So I have served on uh, uh, 
on boards or councils, if you will. So I have some experience with that. But, you know, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to understanding all the uh, um, uh, all the information that this executive council can deliver to the parishes, be involved in it, uh, help them uh, come up with uh, direction and uh, use whatever talents uh, I can provide to the council uh, to drive uh, positive uh, information gathering and then dissemination uh, to all the parishes. For me, communication is a very big part of what I uh, like to do. I communicate in many different ways, whether it's text messages, emails, uh, other matters, but uh, I think communication, not only within the parish, but in a broad perspective, is very important in today's environment that we have. And it's not only communication in an overnight message, but instant communication is what I think I'm referring to. And uh, that's why I think with all the technologies that we have today, uh, I think I can work together with the uh, council and with Greg and everybody else to come up with ideas on how do we communicate uh, in this instant manner, the way uh, you know my son says, Dad, you're too slow. Immediate, you, instant you need, gratification. I need, you, I need it right away. <laughs> I'm happy that our church is very well uh, represented, um, either uh, at the NRA or at the council level. At the NRA, we had uh, Mr. Harry, as we mentioned, Mrs. Naida Voskarichian, Mr. Antranik Budakian, who was just elected this year to uh, to, to be a delegate for St. Sarkis Church. And, and who, can we mention, he did another outstanding job with, selling, with the raffle, selling the raffle. Absolutely. So yeah, several hundred, I, I don't know the exact count, but I think it was over 600 raffles to raise... Uh, a nice amount of money for the for the prelacy and for, together, the, for the broader church community. Does a, does a great job every year. Well done. Yes, and our uh, fourth delegate is Dr. Arthur Kubikan, who uh, was not able to attend this year, but every year he is with us and he represents the Saint Sarkis Church gracefully during the NRA. And also now at the Executive Council, uh, we have two representatives. I call that the Saint Sarkis invasion of the prelacy. <laughs> But it's, we got, it's, a, we got it's, a strong voting block there. Yes, Nadek. but it's, it's really good to have uh, young and energetic uh, voices like Juve and Harry. And I'm looking forward to work with you on the prelacy level. So thank you very much for everything that you do for your church and for the prelacy. We had a, a, an opportunity to represent St. Sarkis, and I hope we did a, a good job at the NRA. And uh, I look forward to continuing to do that in the Executive Council. Thank you. Let's do the Bible reading and reflection now. Today's reading is from the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 28, chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Amen. These are the final words of Jesus Christ that are recorded in the Gospel of Matthew. And today the church is celebrating the Feast of Ascension. That's why we are reading those words, 
before the ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ, 40 days after Easter, to heaven. It's a profound statement from, from Jesus. Prior to his departure from this earth, he tells the disciples to go out, go forth, baptize, and to spread the word. Um, I think this is the culmination. I mean, really, this is the climax of, of Jesus' time here on earth and, and the start of the faith, what we recognize and what we believe That's right. the, the, the foundations of our faith. And they're not as a descendant, as a member of the church, as a member of the clergy. Uh, you're part of this directive to go forth and, right. and spread That's the right. word. We call this the, 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 the Grand Commission, his commissioning the disciples. And when I was a seminarian, when I was you know, um, graduating, when I was contemplating priesthood, this was something that I would constantly think about. This is the directive that is given to us um, by Jesus Christ, by our Lord, and this is something that we need to do as clergy. But as I'm maturing in, in my faith and in my journey, I find this to be a commissioning to everyone. And this is something that I spoke briefly about during my presentation at the NRA. So, um, the, the, what, what I hear in, in the final commission of, of Jesus Christ is that he is telling his disciples to go and make disciples. Disciples make disciples. It's about a personal relationship that we spoke about during uh, NRA this year. That that's how the faith grows. Leadership is about influencing and leading others. In this case, in the church's case, to come to Jesus. And how do you make disciples? He states it very clearly. There are two steps: baptizing them and then teaching them. Baptism is the rite of initiation. That's how we become part of the life of the church. This is how we get the grace through the sacrament. But once we have that, it doesn't stop there. The second element, which is very, very important, is teaching. Teaching to obey everything that Jesus commanded us. And we can spend a lifetime, uh, and the teaching will never, will never stop. There's always something for us to learn from what Jesus uh, is telling us so harry greg and i are also disciples everybody is a disciple and that's what we're doing here serving in the church serving on the board it's not like uh, the priest does his thing and the board of trustees uh, runs the church runs yeah. the church and uh gets the finances for to run the church no we, we are in this all together that's a serious responsibility isn't it harry something i think uh when you reflect upon it, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's heavy. I think it is, and anyway, I reflect on this as a father, uh, how I you know, uh, speak with my kids, and I try to teach them, to guide them, to give them direction, and uh, you know, that's how I kind of take a look at this message and say, I'm trying to be uh, a good father and uh, a good parent and giving them whatever guidance I can. So it really comes from some of the... Uh, from these message, values. From, from the these values. values. That's yeah. right. It really comes from the, this message of uh, commissioning of the disciples. So um, it means a lot. It means a lot as a father and uh, as a person of uh, uh, spiritual consideration. So it's a very, very moving message. And I love the way that the message is concluded. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus giving us the promise that you will do your own thing. You go make disciples, baptize, teach, but you're not alone. I am with you. And that's uh, 
very comforting to yeah, know that. Yeah, it's comforting, inspiring. We're not alone in, in the in the journey. So, um, one thing that I just remembered as we were ref reflecting on the words of God, it's very interesting that every time that we read the gospel in our church, we say, Deromer Jesus Christos Ase, which is the present form, which means our Lord Jesus Christ says. Mm. We never say our Lord Jesus Christ said. said. Oh. We always say says. That's the word that is affecting us. It is the word that Jesus is speaking to us uh, every time that we go to the Bible and we read the words of God there. Therefore, I hope that as we do more of these reflections, we get the sense that these words are not meant to be kept in a book, but it's something for us to um, reflect upon and try to live every day in our in our life. The hymn today is Ortniale Asfats. This is a piece from the Divine Liturgy Celebration, the Badarak, and I hope that you will enjoy listening. We will be back hopefully soon. I hope in two weeks we'll be back there, right? In the, in the meantime, I would like to thank everyone for listening. I would like to thank our sponsors. I would like to thank everyone who participated today. Naida, Harry, Ve, and Greg, thank you for all the hard work. And may God bless you. May the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be always in your hearts. Amen.
Today's episode of the podcast is sponsored by Dr. Carlo Bayraktarian. If you'd like to sponsor a future episode, please contact the church office at 718-224-2275.